It's time for Movie Mastery, and it's special. It's a Horror-toberfest Movie Mastery. This is coming to you in the middle of my 80s horror week and has nothing to do with the 80s for this one. It's got a lot more to do with the fact that someone mailed us a DVD. Yep, we... uh we did the standard process for this rather than me just picking a movie like I do for Horrortober. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are... <laughs> watch The Unborn. The Unborn. That's right. Oh, uh, I'm John and that's Jeff. I assume you know who we are. Yeah, I no. assume this isn't the first episode you've listened At to. At this point, we're famous. I mean... At this point... We might as well get used to the fact that we have fame. Everyone should know who we are. And yeah. know what we do here. Now, what we do here is we take movies that you suggest, mm-hmm. we randomly determine which one we're going to watch, we get fucking blasted, and then we review it on air. <laughs> <laughs> so this time we might have also had a couple of of uh, fine alcoholic soda type drinks. There may have been a point where we drank a lot, and it, that point may have been... About five minutes before we hit record. Oh, Mike's harder strawberry pineapple in the very large can. You are the devil's mistress. It's like a forty ounce of. It's only twenty three point five ounces. Let's not oh, sweet. Let's not pretend that we are supermen of drinking here. We are the superest mans of drinking. I am. I am. However, also with a couple of artisanal strongbows. Uh, also, I mixed mine in with a monster energy drink. So I'm drunk, and I'm energetic, and I'm ready to talk to you about horror movies. You're wired, but I have been drinking stupid nonsense, and I am just... Just tired and in desire of chicken. Oh, that was a mistake, by the way. Well, once drunk, the first thing we did was watch How to Cook Chicken Breasts 32 Different Ways on YouTube. And and so now the only thing we can think about is chicken. My mouth is watering right now for chicken. I want chicken so bad. (laughs) The other thing is the only thing I've had for dinner so far is chips and salsa. I want that chicken entree to be delivered. Uh, John, do you want to go to Chili's after this? You want to get just a chicken? Like, let's just go to let's get a rotisserie chicken and just eat it from both sides, like the dogs and Lady and the Tramp. What do you say? <laughs> let's meet in the middle on a rotisserie chicken. That's not gross. <laughs> <laughs> let's high five over the back of a rotisserie chicken. Let's create the rotisserie chicken Eiffel Tower. Let's do the devil's triangle of rotisserie chicken. And by that, I, of course, mean a drinking game involving a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> you put three rotisserie chickens in the middle of a triangle. <laughs> Why am I still explaining this to you? Uh, so we watched The Unborn, which is a fairly recent horror movie. I want to say 07? Somewhere in the O's, yeah. It's Some, somewhere in aught seven. It's from the aughts, and the recent aughts, not the last set of aughts, you know, the if it was from the 1900s, that'd be very interesting. The airplane was just invented. No one has any idea how to make film. And yet Gary Oldman is still in film pictures. <laughs> yeah, when we started watching this, I looked up what was going on, because the dad, I was like, oh shit, I know who that is. Yeah, That's it, was, right. it was James Remar. And then Ghost dad. I saw that like Gary Oldman and Idris Elba were in this, and I was yeah. like, the fuck are you talking about? This says- and like an hour went by and we hadn't seen them, and I went... Wait a minute, what the fuck is going on here? Did you <laughs> lie to me, Google? They're go- they just do voices. <laughs> yeah, the voice of Spooky Lamp by Idris Elba. They do the voices of Spooky and Bogle, the two ghosts that haunt Scooby-Doo in the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Unrelated to this movie, but interesting fun fact nonetheless. 
<laughs> no, they just also did that on the TV show. A seven-year-old Idris Elba was the voice of Bogle. <laughs> Actually, I can't say for sure when the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo came out. Uh, I mean, I Late can't 80s? for sure, but the, I could probably say I did. Sometime in the 80s, probably? Probably early 90s, late 80s. Oh, I can't imagine that that was from the 90s. I mean, it had a little boy in it named Flim Flam the Magician. Yeah. That's an 80s thing to do. I don't know. In the 90s, they would have made him a girl or put him in a wheelchair. Well, I mean, that's that's you're talking like 94 and on. Are you talking if like early, early like 91? Oh, yeah. 90, I, 91. It was still the 80s and the early 90s. <laughs> it takes what? a couple years he, for the century to catch up. If he was, if the show had made in the 90s, then Flim Flam the Young Magician would have been visibly high on coke. <laughs> and indeed he was. <laughs> Uh, it also had Vincent Price in it. When did he die? I don't know. That's that's the thing that helps you figure out when that was made, I think. Although he died fairly in the 2000s, I'm pretty so, sure. So. Oh, wait, right, The Unborn. The Unborn. Yeah. We are, of course, going to give a full spoiler review after some music in a bit. Right now, I'm going to tell you, we we were told that this was good. Mm-hmm. Someone had said this is a good horror film, and it had decent reviews online. Do not believe them. <laughs> that is a damn dirty lie. That's horseshit. No Although, amount of Gary Oldman could save this movie. To be fair, I think this is going to require a lot for us to explain our bona fides in terms of horror movie enjoyment, which is that neither of us like horror movies that are about possession, just in general. No, I'm fine with it. I'm. I'm gonna. When we get into the actual spoiler, I'll state why this was a stinker. But for me. I I went in going, okay, this might be all right, but Mm. man, it did not follow any of the things that I want from a good horror film. No, it was, it was Trey Boring. So. The lead singer of Fish, Trey Boring Stagio. Yeah, it was, (laughs) it was Trey Cool. (laughs) Trey Cool isn't the lead singer of Fish, it's Trey Anastasio. I know, Trey Cool is the whatever from, what, Green Day? Yeah, I think he's the bassist from Green Day. That, I don't know. Is that right? I thought Green Day was a three-piece, in which case I guess he'd have to be the guitarist because the drummer's Travis Barker and the lead singer is... Uh, Idris Elba. Yeah, Idris Elba, lead singer of Green Day. Yeah. I thought the lead singer of Green Day had a name like start with an N or something. I, I keep saying Dexter, and I'm like, no, wait, that's yeah. Offspring. Yeah, Nancy Drew. Nancy Reagan. That's it. <laughs> Guys, we're going to play some music mm-hmm. and fail to sober up. And then we are going to come back with the full spoilerific Horror Toberfest review of The Unborn. Mm-hmm. I wish I had an evil twin running round doing people in. I wish I dinosaur story oh man now i don't get to say it yeah fuck you my buddy. favorite tone loke movie no really that's your favorite tone loke movie what's your favorite tone loke movie i don't know probably ace ventura mine might actually be titan ae uh, that's a that's an okay choice i'll give you it yeah i mean the movie's not very good but tone loke's great in it yeah as I forget his name, but some old dude who takes care of the uh, yeah, of Matt Damon. Yeah, some old dude. He takes care of Matt Damon until uh, Matt Damon needs to go off and have a fun adventure. And uh, he's turned into an old blind guy who loves to eat gross noodles. <laughs> who doesn't love to eat gross noodles? And his lines are stuff like, ha, ha, ha. 
you're crazy. And that's it. And that's it. That's it. All right. So the unborn. Opens, the unborn. It so, opens in a walk in the woods. Sorry. So the unborn. Yeah. Is a movie. And scene. And we're done. <laughs> the unborn. Now we give it a rating on a scale of one to five, <laughs> zero to five. All right. The unborn starts out with our main dollar store Megan Fox going for a run. Yeah, the amount of times they put her in her underwear for no reason in this movie is four. And, man, she really is just a discount Megan Fox. I don't know where they found her, but that is 100% what they were going for. Who was she? I forgot her name. I don't know. I don't know that she's done anything else. Yeah, well. I don't know, maybe a Transformers movie. (laughs) No, there's only the two who've done transformers movies there's the uh what's her name that's there's megan fox and, and then the then, other one the, and the other one the british one with a with a uh, hyphenated last name yeah and it's a britishy height last name or like her name might be megan plevins bletchley or something Ooh, i i don't remember so stratford upon avon <laughs> so our main character who i do not know the name of and refuse to look up <laughs> IMDB, get thee behind me. I will do none of this work, sir. Mm-hmm. Our main character lady is jogging along a road where no cars exist. And Well, she's in a park. I think she's in a running trail. Oh, it looks like she's just on some street somewhere. Okay, then she's on a street somewhere and no cars exist. Well, the but reason th- no cars To be cars fair, exist. the movie is set in 1835. I don't know if you remember that <laughs> or not. <laughs> it does not. Don't you confuse people. <laughs> Anyway, Sorry. Sorry, at some folks. point she turns around and there's some little kid. She, she finds a mitten on the ground. As she's jogging along, she sees a mitten lying upon the ground. She's like, hey, a mitten. And there's a little kid and he's only got one mitten. And then that little kid, we cut back to him and he's a dog now. And then the dog goes off into the woods and she follows the dog into the woods. Now at this point... Well, the dog is wearing a human mask. At this point... Yeah. I'm like, well, this is obviously a dream. But there is a large part of my heart that really wanted this to actually be what's happening. Yeah, that would have been better. And for her to at some point be like, man, so I was out for a run and I saw this kid turn into a dog and I cannot explain to you how it happened. No, because it happens during a cut. You look at this kid who kind of looks like a little vampire. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. This is, I think it's supposed to represent, I mean, spoiler alert, I guess, for the rest of the movie, her unborn twin. No, this one doesn't represent her unborn twin. It represents her unborn... I don't know, I, Grandmother's gr- twin? Great, great uncle? What What do you call a grandfather's brother? I think uh, it's, I think it's well, a, it's grandmother's brother. Oh, grandmother's brother. I guess that makes so her great uncle? Uh, yeah, this is her great uncle. Uh, her grunkle. Yeah, her, her grunkle is a little kid and also a dog. And he loves his mommy very much. No, he's a, he's so, she turns around and there's this little boy dressed in very fine clothes that appear to be kind of ragged. He looks like Dracula. And, and then, then she, it cuts back to her for a second and she's like, what the hell? And then when it cuts back to him, he's a pit bull wearing a human boy mask. So she sees a little boy and then she finds a mitten. Now she turns around to look at this boy and it cuts back to her and then back to the boy and it's a dog. Yeah. Now, the dog has a human mask. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, now it's your turn to say the exact same thing again, now that we've said the same thing five times. Okay, so there's a dog with a human mask, but in a previous second, <laughs> there's a cut, interstitial cut there, but just before that, it was a little boy dressed like 
Like a little baby, like, like boy a Dracula. Victorian chimney sweep. Like if the little monster kid, what was his name, Eddie or something, had been a, a Dracula instead of a werewolf. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's very accurate. He yeah. is a little Eddie monster. Yeah. And then he does a little Eddie money, and then he turns into a dog. <laughs> and then he walks on water. <laughs> and he's got two tickets. <laughs> Eddie money songs. <laughs> so. Dog goes into the woods. She chases the dog. The dog digs and then disappears. She finds a human mask sitting on the ground, digs underneath where the mask is, Mm -hmm. and I don't even remember what she finds. A jar with a fetus in it. Oh, yeah, the fetus jar. And then she wakes up. She finds a jar with a fetus in it, and the fetus also somehow kind of looks like a Dracula, and it stares at her. And then she's like... You know those Dracula fetuses? And and then we cut, and we see the name of the movie, and then it's her describing the dream she had to her friend on the phone. Yeah. Uh, And she's like... Okay, so in your dream journal, what does I saw a little boy mean? Oh, well, children, if you don't know what they mean, could mean change. And you're like, what? <laughs> well, I've tried to read dream journals before. They're they're exactly as vague as this movie makes them all, out to be. All of the books that are like, let me tell you what your dreams mean. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, what does this mean? It means you're nervous about something. Oh, thanks. This is basically the same as trying to read a horoscope. Something bad might happen to you today. Look out. Yeah. No, it's not very Thanks. useful. The friend that she's talking to, I believe the actor's name is Megan Good. Uh, she is the best friend in this movie. This movie is one of those things where they tried to reduce the cast to the point where there's almost no one in this town. Uh, but the best friend exists, and she speaks entirely as if Clueless was actually a prangle- a, a, a primer on how to speak English, as opposed to simply a weird movie, like stylized language. She's... Every line she has is like, uh, gag me with your mom's spare Valium, uh. Yeah, she's, the writing for her was not great. And also, she is the only, like, non-white person outside of Idris Elba in the last 20 minutes of this movie. And, of course, she is the one person who's like, oh, you want to know anything about the supernatural? Well, my grandma used to tell me, and I'm like, why? Why is it always like, oh, my abuela used to tell me that in order to ward off spirits, you needed to use a packet of sage. And you're like, uh, yeah, they always on. white or, or non-white folks in white people horror movies are always repositories of ancient hoodoo wisdom. It's, yeah. It's either the, you go see them directly. Yeah. Or it's the grandkid who's like, oh, my grandmother would tell me stories about narfs and scrunts. Yeah. This amazing, weird demon and. I don't know why she would tell me stories about specifically this demon that is currently haunting you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Let me call my grandmother and ask her about narfs for you. Hi, I'm, this is Lady in the Water, the dumbest movie in the world. Hi, Lady in the Water here. <laughs> Have you heard of narf, scrunt, no, no, point? <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, her, she is also the repository of ancient secret wisdom. Uh, but she asks basically, the, our main character asks her friend, uh, what does a boy mean? What does a dog mean? It turns out a boy means change, and a dog is a, is a harbinger, harbinger of, of yeah, a speaker for the dead. It's yeah. basically an Ender Wigan, and if you have a dream about it, that's right. Dogs are Ender. <laughs> they represent Scientology or Mormonism or whatever that guy is. I forget or Mormontology. I think he's Mormon. Uh, okay, so Orson Scott Card, by the way, that's the guy. That's the guy. I mean, when I say that guy, that guy, that guy. Okay, so. We go to, uh, she's babysitting now. Yeah. Yeah. So she 
hears some nonsense from upstairs. She's like, hey, I'll have to call you back. Goes upstairs. Well, it's a baby monitor, and the baby monitor says something insane. The baby monitor suddenly says, like, children are doorways. Yeah. But she finds, like, she's watching two kids. Mm -hmm. One is a little baby, and the other is, like, a fucking six-year-old or something. The six-year-old is standing over the baby with a piece of mirror, being like, look at yourself. Look at yourself. What is a mirror if not a doorway? And then, like, turns around and straight just, like, punches her in the face. Like, right in the eye socket. Yeah, because he's he's sitting there flash using the mirror to kind of show the baby its own reflection. And uh, when she comes in, she's like, oh, okay, it's time to stop that. It's time for bed. Are you okay? Hey, pay attention to me. Are you okay? And then the boy turns around and slashes at her with the mirror chunk. Some people are doorways. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut directly from that to her being apologized to by the, the parents who are like, are you sure you don't want to get this checked out? And she's like, oh, it's just a little scratch. I'm fine. Uh, then you she- know what? No. If I'm babysitting and your kid fucking assaults my eye with a piece of broken glass, I'm going to ask for at least a little something. Well, okay, but the woman is aware that she's in a movie where there is no way they have the budget for a doctor character. So she's like, no, I don't want to waste my time. Except she goes to see a doctor. Does she? I don't remember that. Yeah, the whole point of it is she eventually goes to get it checked out, and her brown eyes are turning blue. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he slashes her with a mirror, and it straight up gives her heterochromia. Yeah, and Uh, that's what turns her brown eyes blue. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so instead she just goes home. And her dad is there, and he's James Remar, and he's in this one scene, and then he just exuents the movie stage left. Yeah, he's in, like, two total scenes in this. Everyone with a name in this movie, Mm -hmm. they're like, ooh, we're going to be able to put this in the credits, but we were only able to pay for about ten total minutes of screen time Mm -hmm. for all of them, so... We're going to use it sparingly. Hi there, sweetie. I'm your ghost dad, James Remar, but I can only be in this one scene because I have to go be Dexter's ghost dad. It's about 2007. That sounds right. That sounds right. <laughs> so she just goes to bed uh, instead. Uh, uh, she's like, hi, dad. I'm going to bed. I'm going to crash. And what she does immediately is get into her white cotton panties, which appear to be the stars of the movie, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, by the way, this is the unrated cut, so the amount of camel toe in this film might be the thing that was cut. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, it says there are a lot of scenes in this that were cut from the original, so we aren't reviewing the theatrical release. No. We are doing the full director's cut. The unrated cut. 50% more camel toe. Uh, but she hears a noise coming from the back of her mirror, and so she gets creeped out by it and tracks behind her mirror and blah, blah, blah. You've seen this in every ghost movie with mirrors in it. Except instead of it being, I open the mirror and there's nothing, and then I close it and nothing is behind me, it's, I open the mirror and inside of the cabinet where the mirror was is, a little boy and his mouth is too long. Uh, the too long mouth shots in this movie look so dumb every single time. It is a trope in specifically possession horror where it's like oh what do you do a dude's eyes turn black and the mouth gets too long yeah he opens his mouth too wide that's too long that's what it is yeah and it always happens in all of these and by this time i'm just like i don't care what's that movie where like there's an ice cream man who gets turned into a demon and his mouth is way too long and it's not ice cream man it's not an 80s thing it was the movie where like angels attack a small diner Oh, Legion? Legion, thank you. That was really bad on the on the mouth gets too long trope. Yeah, there are a lot. I really kind of wish that we had been sent to go see the like truth or dare. Mm-hmm. Oh, with God the smiles. Damn. 
Oh, that looked so bad. I really wish we had seen that with those CGI doofball smiles. What did we see instead? A Black Panther, I want to say? I don't know. We got we saw something else. I think someone saved us. Yeah, someone saved us from seeing Truth or Dare, but by God, I wanted to see it. Yeah. Maybe I'll make it into this year's Horrortoberfest Ooh, there somewhere. you go. There's a chance. It's probably out on DVD by now. It's probably out. I could probably pay to watch that for I some reason. I bet you reason. could. I bet you absolutely could. Okay, so anyway, she gets scared by her mirror, but then she goes to bed. So she, as we said, she sees a doctor because her brown eyes have turned blue mm-hmm. and no one knows what one of could them. make her. Only one of brown her eyes, eyes is- turned blue. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but maybe it was uh, someone who was cool like a hammer or whatever's in that song. Cool like a hammer. <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember how that song goes. I don't remember who that is. I don't know anything. Uh, you're a miracle man, something like a hammer. Something is a raindrop. You've got the Oh, it's Roxette. It's Roxette who does that song. You've got the look by Roxette. Or Why are you talking about that? I'm talking about what could make my baby's brown eyes blue. Oh, really? It's a completely different song. Yeah. I know, because that's what I'm referencing. What in the world could make her brown eye, uh, brown eyed girl turn blue when everything... Yeah, because it's also a Roxette line. There you go. Yeah. All right. Very good. Everybody, sorry Everybody, about that. Sorry about that. Everybody, we just played a quick game of Encore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, by the way, don't play against us. We are way too good at Encore. I will fuck you in the ass. Last time you and I played Encore, it was like the two of us against like seven people, and I don't think they even got a turn. It was very sad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, the doctor's like, oh, you know, it might have been some blunt force trauma, or... You know what it can be? Would you happen to be a twin? Sometimes twins in the womb can share blood, and when they do, it makes your eyes turn weird colors. And you're like, really? Uh, All right, I didn't say that. What I said was, ah, shit, this is a twin movie. This is about haunted twins. Uh, See, normally I'm like, ooh, yeah, this is a twins movie, but not (laughs) this time. Like Andrew Dice Clay says twins. Yeah. Ooh, twins. <laughs> hey ho. <laughs> oh man, that's what this movie needed was Andrew Dice Clay to show up and be like, ooh, twins. <laughs> and then get killed by a ghost or something. That would have been perfectly fine by me. Uh but anyway, it turns out she is a twin. She yeah. goes to confront her dad about it. Yeah, she's and she's like, Hey, am I a twin? And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, I never you're... told you that your brother died uh in the womb. And she's like I knew it. Well, she kind of goes, I knew it. And she also was like, it's my fault my brother's dead. And he's like, no, you were in the womb. There was nothing you could do about it. Yeah. yeah but- it was you, technically your um, umbilical cord was the one that strangled him, but it's not like you choked him out. <laughs> you didn't do it on purpose. And she's like, I killed him. I killed my twin. What was his name? And he's like, we didn't name you yet. You weren't born. And Oh, by the way, at this... Oh, okay, yeah, we forgot to mention. It's, it's fine, because we'll just get to it from here. And she's like, well, did he have a nickname? And he's like... Remar says, yes, he had a nickname. We had nicknamed him Jumby, because we're fucking crazy. Yeah, we had nicknames for both of you, and his was Jumby, and we don't find out what hers I'm was. I'm really sad that we don't get to find out the terrible name. I assume name. it was Jamby. Yeah, it's probably Jamby. Jamby and Jumby. Because Jumby is not a nickname. It's some Jumby. fucking shit. It's, the reason that her, that her, her uh, dead twin's nickname was Jumby is because the six-year-old that's possessed that she's met a couple of times already has told her Jumby would like to be born now. Yeah, that's that's what the kid who assaulted her with some broken glass said. Yeah, Jumby is ready to be born. Jumby isn't a name. Jumby is some dumb nonsense. This is, all right, this is strike one, mm-hmm. and it's the same shit. I'm going to go ahead and say I just... 
I have a lot of the problems with this movie, the same ones that I did with Hereditary. Mm-hmm. In that one, you have a dumb fucking name for your thing. Nobody is scared of someone named Jumby or Pyman. I mean, Pyman's a real name of one of the Lords of Hell, but sure. But pick something else. I know Old Scratch was right there. De- Beelzebub was right Anything. there. Yeah. Pick, make something up. It's going to be better than fucking Pyman. Yeah. Yeah. Make it the god, the evil god of Kuotoa, Blibdulpulp. That would have been better. <laughs> but in addition to that, what happens later on in this movie is the same problem that I had with Hereditary in that there are no rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. Uh, but but that's the first strike. Jumby is a stupid name. Jumby is a dumb name and no one is scared. Like she has, she starts having these like visions in class where she sees like all of her notes now swim in her vision and it looks like she's written out Jumby wants to be born. I'm like, Come on, man. Jumpy's just a dumb fucking name. Yeah, I, I understand that for a brief period in the movie, it was necessary for the character to have a weird-ass name because she didn't know that she had a dead twin yet. So it couldn't just be Michael or something because then it would be like, oh, a person wants to be born. It might just be an evil spirit named Jumby, probably a claymation one, <laughs> probably one who wants to eat some cheese and crackers and then mow the lawn with robots. Probably Jumby wants to, I don't know, grant my wishes. <laughs> mecca lecca high, mecca hi Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the secret word of the day is twins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Andrew Dice Clay's Playhouse. Yeah, Jumpy is a bad name. There's no getting around it. Uh, but she gets super mad at her dad for never telling her before that she had a twin. Which, uh, why? Yeah. Now, at this point, she decides to seek out further information on the situation because she is very clearly being haunted. Like, she gets haunted in her mirror again, and she responds by taking her mirror off its hinges yeah. and hiding it in her closet. Takes the bathroom mirror and puts it in her closet. Now... This was a situation in the movie where I was really hoping for a Chekhov's gun thing. Oh, yeah, that something was going to crawl out of her closet now. Yeah, just something happening with the mirror in her closet. Nothing does. I was kind of hoping a ghost thing would show up and be like, thank you, I had no way to get around that mirror until now. Ah! pulp. So, her mom is dead. Uh, yes. And her mom killed herself. Yes. And... Now she starts to think that the reason her mom killed herself was because of this dead uh Because of Jumby. Because of Jumby. Yeah. And uh she finds some stuff that her mom had had, mm-hmm. which includes some notes and a couple like old film reel things. Great. Old fashioned film reels. Now she contacts her boyfriend to get help finding a old film reel player. Although I gotta say, in 2007, who the fuck, whose parent, when you're like 18, still had film reels? If she had been like, oh, I found some old VHS tapes, maybe. Well, I think that's because that those film reels were belonged, or, or the film reels belonged to the grandmother that she meets later in the movie. Maybe? I, I don't guess. Know. But still, who had old film reels? Who was Whoever took family videos, I guess, on what, like Super 8 maybe? I don't even know yeah. what we're doing here. Uh, but she finds some old film reel. Her boy, she asks her boyfriend to help her find a projector to play them. Yeah. In the meantime, she also finds the name of an old lady that she needs to go talk to. She's like, "Oh, my mom was adopted, and this was her real mom." Mm-hmm. So she goes to visit her real mom, who thankfully lives in the same town and is quite easy to visit. Yep, is just in some old folks' home. Mm-hmm. And we have to meet a different dude in the old folks' home who no longer can move or talk or anything. Yeah, we got a catatonic patient who. 
they really only introduce so that when he, you know, gets all possessed and woken up later and starts being creepy, you know that, ooh, he was catatonic, but now he's all creepified. Yeah. So we meet this this old lady, and the old lady's like, pardon me for asking, but are you a twin? <sighs> Fuck. The <laughs> Turns out the old lady was a twin, and I think... We don't get any details yet. I think her she, mom was probably also a twin. She was a twin. Yeah. But the, we get we get zero details about the old lady being a twin at this time. All she's like, I can tell twins sometimes. It's one of my gifts. And they're like, Well, can you tell me any stories about this? No. Get out. Ooh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. We have to wait for her to have a change of heart and call back before we get any details from her. Yeah. Although I do love her entire story is just <sighs> I feel like the age and timing on this is very off, but she was a child in Auschwitz. Yeah, she's a Holocaust survivor, is the idea here. And her and her brother were twins, and the Nazis were obsessed with experimenting on twins, so they did a whole bunch of weird, fucked-up nonsense to twins, and apparently one of the experiments they did opened a gateway because... Twins are, of course, natural gateways to the other world. Like, I don't want to try and remember the sequence of uh, events in this movie that leads to the second meeting with this lady, but during the second meeting, she basically is like, yes, I am also a twin, and my twin was suffered horrible experiments in Auschwitz, which eventually killed him. Actually, I had to kill him. But anyway, some Nazi doctor turned his eyes blue with injections, and it made him all evil. Yeah. Well, what is a twin if not a mirror? And what is a mirror? If not a gateway. Yeah, that's her actual line. She's like, and and really, what is a twin if not a mirror? And I was like, yeah, your twin was a dude. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. That may be identical twins, but you're just talking about fraternal twins. Yeah, I don't feel like fraternal twins are just mirrors. Yeah, the, the couple sets of fraternal twins I know, they aren't very similar. No, that's that's two different people you got there. <laughs> that's two very different folk. Uh, uh, but. Uh, and what is a mirror if not a gateway? I don't uh, a, a reflective, reflective surface. A, a reflective surface. What the thing that shows you the same thing and not something else? The opposite of a gateway. <laughs> <laughs> something that doesn't lead anywhere. <laughs> but yeah, so of course, old lady has to be all like, ah, oh, we're. I don't, she seems like she's maybe. 60 or 70 in this like she does not seem old enough to have been a holocaust survivor but whatever whatever they really wanted to have that like jewish angle to it mostly that so that she could introduce the concept of the dybbuk yeah because what it turns out is this isn't she's being haunted by the ghost of her dead twin it's that a dybbuk inhabited her grand uncle Mm -hmm. and then got her grandmother killed him and then the Dybbuk was real angry about that and now wants to possess another twin in that line for some reason. <laughs> John, can I tell you a quick story about Dybbuk's? You go <laughs> right ahead. When I was 13 or 14 years old, probably in 7th or 8th grade, I was invited to my first ever Rifts game. I created a character, a Titan Cyber Knight. By I'm the really w- glad that you immediately went to Rifts, because so do I every time I hear Dybbuk. I know. So... I made my Titan Cyber Knight character, and, and again, this is old role-playing. Sorry if you if you mostly listen to Movie Master and you don't know about our role-playing game other show. Um, my first character, uh, Dahmer the Cyber Knight, because I was th- 13. Yeah, because you're char- a little shithead. Yeah, naming my character after Jeffrey Dahmer was funny to me for some reason. Uh, my very first thing, I go out into the wilderness, I get attacked by seven Dybbuks. 
my my DM shows me what Divics look like. They're in the conversion book. They're like a big monster with two huge heavy arms and two light little claw arms. They got two little baby arms and two big old monster arms. And otherwise, they're just muscly monsters with big jaggedy teeth. Yep. For the next, I want to say, 10 years of my life, that's all Divics were to me. Oh, same. Yeah, I thought Dibbics were just random four-armed super monsters. Eventually, I got a job at a theater, like an actual playhouse theater, Ooh. and they were doing it. They were mounting a presentation of the Dibbic. Oh, the huh. the there play about the the play in which a, a uh, an old rabbi explains to a family what a Dibbic spirit is, and they talk about Dibbics and everything, and they and Dibbics actually play a part in the thing, and they're just like ghosts. Yeah. They're just possessing spirits of people who died before they finished what they were needed and they to. And basically, once they do what they were set out to do, then they leave. Yeah. So when I first heard they were about to get a presentation of the Dybbuk, I was straight up confuzzled. <laughs> You're like, man, the costuming for that's got to be hard. There's a lot of four-arm dudes on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to, I was like, wait, so are Dybbuk's four-arm demons that have like big jagged teeth? And you are like... No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> the person I was asking was like the Jewish theater luminary in San Diego. <laughs> this dude with like 30 years of experience in specifically Jewish theater. Oh. He himself was a rabbi and he was like, what? No. N- no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that we had the exact same experience with Dimix. So oh, I had the same experience with this movie, even though at this point I know straight up what Dibbics actually are. Well, the problem is this movie didn't know what Dibbics are. No, it was like, "What's a Dibbic? Oh, it's a it's a demon that possesses you." No, it isn't. No, it's not. Sorry, it's, stop it. It's a specific ghost of a person who died before they were ready or whatever. I, but come on. So yeah, so that's when I, when he when she first said a Dibbic possessed my brother, I was like, "Oh crap, these guys again." <laughs> not these motherfuckers. <laughs> so. The uh, the grandmother tells her about a book, the Book of Mirrors, mm-hmm. because, you know, what is a twin but a mirror? <laughs> what is a twin but a greasy mirror? But a miserable pile of secrets. <laughs> and be uh, gone, old lady. <laughs> have at you. You don't belong in this world. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes to the library and finds the Book of Mirrors and can apparently just check out an ancient tome without worrying about it. Well, notably, like, when she first walks in, she's like, can I see the Book of Mirrors? And so she's put it one of those, like, special seats in the in the, in the the library that's surrounded by walls because she's going to view something special. Oh, yeah, it's the special collections area. Yeah, and they make her wear gloves, and when they give it to her, they're like, please be very careful. This is an extremely ancient manuscript. Next shot is her wandering through a college with it. Oh, yeah, she's just wandering into some dude's office like, Hey, uh, hey, Rabbi, can you translate this for me? I'm like, did you steal that? It's Rabbi Gary Oldman. Rabbi Oldman is here, and boy, howdy, he's got about a good 20 minutes worth of business in this movie. Yeah, at least he's got something to do. Idris Elba's like, sir, not appearing in this film. Is going to appear like a half hour after this, and even then, it's like, what are you? I am also here. I'm trying to figure out when Idris Elba first hit the scene to the point where everyone knew who the fuck he was. I don't know, but I feel like it had to be before that. When was The Wire? I it was that is that it? Because that that must be when this guy finally hit it big and everyone knew his name. Because uh, because he's in this movie for like six minutes. Yeah, he just has zero business in this movie and it's light business it's not even good clint howard heavy business it's not even heavy business it's just some light elba business yeah some light elba business 
which is way worse than Clint Howard heavy business. Right? You want you want that good sprinkle of Clint Howard's heavy business in your movie. Now, if Clint Howard had been in The Unborn, ooh, baby. <laughs> do you know what that's worth? Ooh, baby, where is my beard? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, she gets a whole bunch of spooky nonsense. She, she gets- breaks all of the mirrors in her house. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, by the way, throughout the course of this, she's been talking to her good friend. But at this point, her good friend shows up when she breaks all the mirrors. Yeah, she breaks all the mirrors in her house. We get a point during the movie where we see that the baby from the people that she was babysitting is dead. Mm-hmm. And the little kid shows up a couple more times to be creepy some more. Yeah, every time she's like asleep in the middle of the night and wakes up, there's that six-year-old standing outside just staring at her. Yeah. And she never like checks with the parents. She's never like, "Hi, parents. Hey, just hey, so you know, your, your kids kid- like outside. And it's fucking like two in the morning." Yeah, that never happens. A lot of things in this movie that should happen just never happen. Also, at this point, she's like, "Hey, uh, boyfriend of mine, would you like to come over and have sex with me? Because my dad's gonna be out of the movie, the uh, out of the my movie. house for the rest <laughs> of the movie." Like, she actually gives a specific date. She's like, "Oh, he's gone like, for the night. She's gone for the- he's gone for the night. He is never in the movie again. Like, he comes back." towards the end just to have one more sequence where they can be like hey my my twin yeah great but like he's supposed to be gone for the night and just fucks off for the movie yeah they just don't use him again he never shows up to be like why the hell did you break all my mirrors the third big name in this movie who only shows up in subtitles and get i'm sorry in flashbacks and gets no lines is gina carano Remember Gina Carano's in this movie is the dead mom? I thought it was... I I thought her name was different. Uh, is it, Carla Gugino? G- Car- Car- oh, Carla Gugino. I'm Gugino. sorry. Carla Gugino, not Gina Carano. My yeah. apologies. I'm I'm doing fine. Yeah, everything's fine. We're I'm, not drunk. Everything's great. It's fine. Yeah, We're fact, fine. We can stop whenever we want. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> Quit looking at us, listeners. God. <laughs> so, yeah. The uh Carla Gugino plays the doesn't get any lines dead mom. Zero lines in like four flashback sequences that take twenty seconds each. Yes. Now the the whole breaking apart all this nonsense, like all the mirrors and whatnot, sparks her friend to be like, Hey, are you okay? I'm gonna come visit. And at this point, the old woman has told her that, like, the Dybbuk is going to try and murder anyone that helps her. Yeah, and so is the six-year-old boy. Because the, when the when the friend is driving to her house, she hits the six-year-old boy. He rides out into the street in a big wheel and gets run over by her car. But he apparently just flips over the car like he's doing it for the vine. And on the other side of the car, he is perfectly okay. Yeah. And he's just like, yo, what up? It's your boy, <laughs> uh, skinny penis. Yeah, because I'm a six year old. Because the vine, not <laughs> do it for the vine. Well, you know, she walks around the car because she's terrified that she just hit a kid, and the kid's just sitting there looking creepy. And he's like, "He will kill anyone who helps her." You're like, thanks, little kid. Well, she's like, "What? Fuck you! Fuck you, little kid! Yeah. Fuck you!" <laughs> and the kid, go fuck yourself, little kid. Yeah, she gets real mad at this kid and drives away. Uh, and then she gets to the house and. There's crazy main character having been breaking all the mirrors in the house, and she's like, I'm super haunted. I need your help. But if you help me, you'll die. So don't help me, but also please help me. But then the friend is responding with like, girl, you're not haunted. You just need to take some of your mom's Valium. The amount of times she's like, oh, my grandma told me if you want to ward off evil spirits, you put scissors under your pillow with the points open. I'm like. 
that is my favorite uh, conversation tree in the movie is the point where she calls her friend because she's desperate for help. She's like, I think I'm being haunted and there's scary ghosts out to kill me. What should I do? And the friend's like, uh, I don't want to help you with this. That sounds insane. No, please. You're my only hope. You have to help me with this. Okay. All right. Fine. My grandma used to tell me that to ward off evil spirits, you open scissors and put them under your bed. Ew, weird, crazy. Your mom's must be some kind of voodoo crazy priestess or something. Why the fuck would you know that crazy psycho person? Uh, It's like, you just asked for help. Like, you're sitting there going, I'm desperate for help because I'm haunted. And the second someone's like, I don't know, I heard you could do this to ward off spirits. You're like, oh, that's weird. You're weird. Yeah, it's a very strange moment. But the friend is like, all right, well, I've got your back no matter what. I'm on your team. Also, I want to go back to it. We did mention very briefly that the boyfriend came over and they had sex. Oh, yes, right. That did I happen. thought this was going to be not so much a possession of her as it was like, oh, this is going to be about evil pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It being called the unborn and all. By the way. And the I- whole thing of like, Jombie wants to be born now. I mean, evil pregnancy does occur at the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, the that's very, like very end. the end stinger. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But even then, I was like, oh, I thought that's what this movie was going to be about. But no, it was about fucking bullshit doesn't follow rules possessing spirits, just like Hereditary, which can eat my ass. Now, now, John, I want to go back. Is an Eddie Money song. So that's another connection. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Eddie Money haunts this podcast. <laughs> this film is haunted by the ghost of probably alive Eddie Money. I haven't checked recently. <laughs> The ghost of Eddie Money from the future when he died. (laughs) Eddie Money's ghost traveled back in the past. To haunt this podcast. And also Eddie Money. (laughs) Yes, Eddie Money's (laughs) ghost traveled back in time to haunt Eddie Money and show him the true meaning of Christmas. (laughs) Eddie Money's ghost will be played by Brad Garrett. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So. I'd watch that. uh, Eventually the... uh, we get a scene where fucking the rabbi gets haunted by a spooky dog with an upside down head. Yeah, and he just yells at it, and then I guess that's the end of the scene? Yeah, he's yeah. just like, hey, you get out of here. Yeah. Like as if it was a normal dog. He's like, hey, you you get out of here. So yeah, he walks into, I want to say a basketball court? I forget what room he randomly walks into. He has, I want to say a synagogue attached to what looks like a rec center? This movie has so much crap cut out of it that nothing makes any sense. Nothing leads to anything else. He, it just, we just open on Gary Oldman, rabbi, walking into a big room. And inside the room is a pit bull with an upside down head. He's like, hey, you. Hey, get out of here, you. He yells and then. And, and indeed it, it does. Do, it doesn't. It just cuts oh, no. the scene. No, it doesn't. The lights go out and it comes back on and the thing's gone. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. No, All right. He well, tells it to leave and indeed it does. Yeah, so that's that's just a scene that happens in the movie. But now he believes her, so he will help her translate that book she asked for help with earlier in the film. Oh, but it turns out you need to believe in whatever the words are for them to have power. So he's like, oh, I bet you aren't Jewish, so... You know, I don't know that this spell is going to work unless you believe in Judaism. And she's like, well, yeah, but actual Jewish spooky crap is happening to me, so I probably believe more than you do, stupid. Except she doesn't. She's like, yeah, that's true. I probably don't. I'm like, why? If someone told me I'm being haunted by a fucking Jewish spirit and then crazy fucking nonsense happened, I'd be like, Oh, yeah, no, okay, apparently Judaism is where it's at, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, to be fair, if I was haunted by any monster from the Riff's conversion book, I'd be like, oh shit, I believe in fury beetles, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. No, anything from the risk conversion book would make me believe in Judaism. What is a Rahu man after me? Well, uh, fucking <laughs> sign me up for Hanukkah because I'm a Jew now. I guess praise be to Yahweh then. What's that, a Gakua? Yep. That... <laughs> what was that, a fucking mind slaver? The Andros lizard person. Happy Purim. <laughs> Oh, man, I just saw me some kind of lizard mage. Happy Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> What's that, a converted superhero from Heroes Unlimited? Baruch Atah Adonai, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be really offensive to someone. I don't know. Someone, maybe. <laughs> Let us know how offensive we are. I have no idea. So... <laughs> At this point, Rabbi Oldman needs to go ahead and get extra help, because it's not enough to just have a Jewish rabbi here. Yeah, he's not good enough to do this. He's got to go get his friend. This is basically like a Pawn Wars thing, where he's like, yo, I got I know a guy who knows about exorcism, and he'll tell you how much this, this is worth. This feels like when you're playing an RPG and you roll contacts, and the DM's like, uh, I don't know, uh, it's a, a basketball coach. The weird thing is... Idris Elba's over there, and we see him basically being a basketball coach, and then he comes over to where our main character and her friend are talking to the rabbi, and then he goes, oh, this is my good friend, a a priest. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? I thought he was a basketball coach. Yes, but I'm also a priest. Here, I need you to sign this release form for me to perform an exorcism on you. I'm the person who does exorcisms. That's me. And, she, and she's like, wait, aren't you a priest? I thought we needed like a Jewish exorcism. And he was like, eh, demon possession is older than human religion, so it doesn't really matter what kind of demon. Yeah, it's, it's not like he's going to really care if I hold up a cross or a star at David. It's a demon. Apparently, just the intent and belief is enough, mm -hmm. which really makes me think you could just go, hey, hey, get out of there. Get on out of here. Yo, don't make me get the hose. <laughs> just, just spray her with a hose and just, scare the demon out of her. Just shake a stick and spray her with a hose and be like, get, you get. What religion is this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> it's Louisiana. Yeah, it's, it's Creolism. Creole. Creolism. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I remember when I went into my painting creolism phase. I'm a creolationist. <laughs> a young earth creolationist. Uh, nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyway, this is Idris Elba. We get to see him very briefly here as he's like, yeah, I'll perform an exorcism on you. Sure. I did my dissertation on exorcism, and I'm like, What? He's like, what? all right, so here's the deal. I need to get about 10 random extras so that the ghost will have someone to kill during the create during the exorcism scene. Look, Jewish exorcisms need 10 people because there's 10 aspects to God and... That's right. He, 10, he starts, he starts listing know. things that there are 10 of. There's 10 fingers and 10 toes and... Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's, there's 10 dwarves if you add three. Fucking... I don't know. <laughs> Let's add three more dwarves. We got stony... <laughs> Uh, Bunky and, and Cousin Balky. <laughs> Cousin Balky the Dwarf. Uh, and Larry. Larry, Balky, and Fucko. <laughs> That's, Fucko doesn't have a beard. No, but, Fucko has no beard, but a big hat. A Jimmy hat. <laughs> That's Fucko. I don't even, so he's like, yeah, we need ten people, so... Anyway, we have to meet in the creepiest place in town. I need you to find a place that has the most hurtful significance to you, like some place with a real bad connotation well, to lucky it. Lucky for her, her mom, Carla Gugino, killed herself in a local church or something. 
So that's where they set up shop. They get a bunch. It's like her boyfriend, Idris Elba, a Gary Oldman, and seven assholes that we never actually even full see like face on. I mean, we definitely get to see this church in the first place because it's part of that film reel we mentioned earlier uh the film reel where we just walk through a church with, with like bad lighting and bad film effects and uh that's it like nothing creepy happens yeah now up until this point she we forget getting, the boyfriend <laughs> we've been getting the uh the spirit possessing random shit so like she got attacked by the little kid mm-hmm Again, and like he straight up stabbed her, and then that the was boyfriend the friend. almost killed the little kid. The friend was the one who got stabbed. Uh, oh she, yeah, yeah. So she goes to her. Her her friend opens the door when it knocks. Her friend, by the way, lives alone in a castle. Oh, God, this neighborhood makes no sense. But whatever. It's one of those super rich neighborhoods that only exist in movies where like, like this 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 uh, friend of hers lives alone in straight up like an eight bedroom mansion. And it doesn't even get met. Like, there's no parents. There's no nothing. And apparently both the main character and her boyfriend live, I don't know, three houses down, but still drive there because they're having a phone conversation like video chat. Yeah. And she hears someone knock at the door and then she sees in a reflection that like, oh, it's the creepy spirit. It's Dracula boy. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, no, I've got to get over there. Calls her boyfriend and is like, we have to go meet my friend in the time it takes for her to call her boyfriend and them to drive over there. The friend has walked downstairs and opened the door, and that's it. Yeah, there's the six-year-old boy, not the Dracula one, the neighbor one, and the neighbor boy just stabs her in the stomach with a knife and then follows her into the house. Yep. Now, they get into the house. The boyfriend, uh, but literally in like 10 seconds, so they all live on the same street, basically. Uh, The boyfriend almost kills the little boy, but uh, our main character stops him, and he looks, and the, and the boy's back to just being a regular six-year-old, and he's scared and confused. Yeah. But it's all far too late, because now the friend is being possessed by this possessing spirit. Yeah, the... The Dybbuk... Possesses whoever. Basically, at this point, can get to do whatever it wants. Yes. It's got... Uh, during the possession, or the exorcism scene, it's going to have the ability to just telekinesis whatever it wants to mm-hmm. possess whoever it wants to mm-hmm. and i don't understand why it just isn't able to possess main character yeah it, it, it never seems to try to possess her which it possesses every single other person who survives the initial assault oh, yeah i mean it even possesses fucking like idris elba who is a priest yeah and you'd think oh it only can possess like the weak so it can get like dead people or children or animals or whatever like, things that are lower on the totem pole. I don't even understand what it wants. Like, Neither do I. I! I have no idea what its goal is here. They keep mentioning that it would like to possess a twin, but it never tries to possess her. And there's no... It's not like, oh, if it possesses a twin, then its powers are enhanced. Or if it possesses a twin, then it gets to stay in reality longer. It's just, oh, it wants a twin. Why? I mean, at any point in time, it could have just been like, oh, I possessed Idris Elba. I'm good. I'll just stay here. Have you seen this guy? Yeah. Jesus, I'm just going to go home and jerk off looking at a mirror. <laughs> oh, by the way, it also kills the old lady at some point. It just shows up in her old folks' home, possesses that catatonic old man, has him flip his head upside down in the worst special effects shot in the movie. And murders her. Yes. Except and- it's not the old man that murders her. The old man scatters around like a creepy spider and chases her through the building. She locks herself in a maintenance closet, and then she turn on, turns on a light, and in there, in the room with her, is the six-year-old Dracula boy, yeah. and he just goes, ah, 
and that's the end. And then that killed her somehow. Yeah. The exorcism scene is the climax of dumb bullshit in this where every rule has gone out. Yeah. Like, before, like I said, when it was like, ooh, it's a little kid or a dead person or someone who's catatonic. Yeah. You're like, oh, it can it can possess you if you aren't developed or dead or, like, sort of brain damaged or whatever. If you're... If you've been recently stabbed, it can possess you. Basically, if you aren't fully in possession of your own faculties, it can worm its way in there. Yeah. And that's at least a rule that you could get behind. But at this point, it just possesses whoever it wants. Possesses fucking Idris Elba. Possesses her boyfriend. Uh, The whole thing just falls apart because they try and do an exorcism, but little fucking Dracula just shows up and telekinesis everyone around the room. Yeah, they, they have her lie in a gurney, and they start reciting Jewish chants and stuff at her. And this is... Just about everyone who's left in the movie, like Gary Oldman, Idris Elba, our main character, the boyfriend, and just like six friends. Just uh, some dudes. And when they start the thing, they're like, okay, no matter what happens, we can't stop the exorcism. The exorcism must continue no matter what. And then they start it, and she starts rattling around on the bed, and then here comes Dracula Boy. Dracula Boy just points at people and blows papers everywhere. He makes one lady fold in half, which is kind of a cool ki- uh, kill. Yeah. But otherwise, he's just like, you, your papers fly away. You cannot do the exorcism. He, like, hits someone with a gurney. He mm-hmm. pulls just, someone in half. He's just killing people. And then eventually, the, the exorcism is broken, and they all run. And he possesses Idris Elba. And who- that's great, because getting to see Idris Elba just sort of go, oh, I'm going to be as creepy as fucking possible and be like a weird rage monster. Yeah, because he just goes ragey. He's not, there's no plan here. He just goes, Rah! and goes running around punching people. Which, again... What is, what's your end game, Dybbuk? What are you trying to accomplish here? Well, this is the same thing I wondered in Hereditary, when near the end of Hereditary, the mom gets loose and tries to, uh, like, chase the little boy or, or the, the son around. Yeah. And I was like, what happens if you catch him? What are you going to do? What is, what is your plan? Yeah. I mean, I understand this scene is very scary. You did a great job. You made her look super creepy. She's all jerky and hittery-jittery and spidery, but she can't kill him if she catches him because he's the king of being possessed by Pyman. So what what happens? What's the what's what's your plan? Yeah. What's your step two? Yeah, and it's the same thing in this where I'm just like, what are you, what are you even trying to accomplish? There's no goal here. Yeah. The reason I. I get angry and don't like a horror movie, for the most part, is if there's nothing there for me to be afraid of. And that happens when there's no rules. Yeah. In a movie like this, you have something like, oh, it's a possessing spirit, and the rules are it wants to possess a twin because it can. Mm -hmm. Uh, But other than twins, if it gets close to our reality, it can get like... You know, animals or catatonic people, whatever. Yeah. You're like, okay, those are the rules. Yeah. Now, if you immediately break those rules, then there's no tension. And when there's no tension in your mu- movie, there's nothing to be scared of. It really feels like they just didn't have a way to wrap this up. So they were like, uh, this guy gets possessed and he goes crazy. And then uh, the boyfriend gets possessed and he goes crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. It has nothing to do with the earlier parts of the film. Uh, and, and, you know, every good horror movie, you can track the goals and abilities of the villain. Like, what is the end game? What do they want to do? Even if it's just, I want to kill teenagers who have sex. Okay, that's a goal. 
Yeah. That's even, a thing you want to do, and you have rules for what you do with it. Yeah, like if you look at Freddy, Freddy can show up in dreams, and he kills you when you're dreaming. That makes sense. Everyone's Everyone knows what that is. Or uh, or Jason. Jason wants to kill this one lady. He wants to go after oh, basically anyone near people. this lake. I had him mixed up with Mike Myers. Mike Myers wants to kill this one lady. I mean, he basically wants to kill teens, too. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, both Jason and Mike Myers have some breaks in them, which make those not very good horror movies, which is that they can teleport, apparently, and it's not never well, mentioned. Well, I mean, eventually Jason just becomes like a weird super zombie, and Michael Myers just... <sighs> I don't understand, because at least Jason went whole hog with saying, like, oh, no, he actually is just an undead, like, unstoppable machine of death. Yeah. But with Michael Myers, they keep trying to go, oh, he's just a, a dude. Yeah, I'm like no, he isn't. But I've shot him in the head, and he's fine. But let's go with a much better horror movie and a much simpler premise: the a- Alien, just the first Alien. The, everything the Alien does makes sense. It's in service of its goals. Yeah, I mean, same thing. the The real thing for me is, uh, like, talk about the Ring. The Ring has rules to it. Samara doesn't get to just show up and kill you randomly. Mm-hmm. There are rules you have to follow, and the reason it is scary is when you know someone has broken a rule. Yeah. Like, that's what sets up the tension. Yeah. Is you go, now I know that something bad is going to happen, and it's the waiting for it that is the point that gets you. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, you're like, oh, the spirit can do whatever, and I guess it'll just kill people or do whatever it wants. There's no tension here Mm -hmm. because there's there's no rules. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why Samara makes makes all those horses commit suicide, but... Oh, she doesn't like horses. Then I'm on board with her. She's on my team. Yeah, she's on team fuck horses. Yeah. And I'm on team fuck horses. <laughs> John has fucked 28 different kinds of animal. <laughs> 28 different kinds. 12 of those are different types of horses. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so the boyfriend gets possessed as well. And then it kind of he kind of comes after the main character. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Gary, Gol- Gary Oldman, who had recently been knocked unconscious... Uh, comes bursting back into the movie, yelling Jewish stuff. Hebrew, I guess. Yelling in Hebrew. <laughs> yelling Jewish stuff. It just comes around a corner. L'chaim! <laughs> we think Jesus existed? <laughs> he was a very nice person? He was a good man? But he was not the Messiah. Thank you. I'm Gary Oldman. <laughs> no. He comes around the corner yelling in mystic Hebrew nonsense, and his yelling is such so powerful that it blows the boyfriend over a railing and down onto the first floor of the church where he lands with his neck torn open, but alive and fine. Yeah, he survives, and oh boy, the, the, the Dybbuk's gone. It's exercise, but ooh, the end of the movie, she's pregnant with twins. This has got to be the most disappointing thing in the movie is... It shows her going to the obstetrician who, who's giving her, like, the, the belly rub thing. Uh, yeah, the, the belly the, rub. The sonogram. She's, I, she's giving her belly rubs like a good dog. Like a good upside-down-headed pit bull. <laughs> no, he gives her a, she gives her a sonogram. All right? All right? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to get over belly rubs. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, fine. So she's giving her belly rubs. When she's like, ooh, I think double congratulations are in order, because you've got twins in there. And then Andrew Dice Clay comes out and is like, twins? Twins? Call me in 18 years. (laughs) Ho-ho! Because I want to be in a movie. My career is dead. (laughs) Like your boyfriend. Oh, He was in that Woody Allen movie in the last, like, 10 years. Uh, I forget which one. Blue Jasmine? Is that right? I don't know, man. Uh, I've only seen one Woody Allen movie in the last 10 years, and it was shit. 
and can bite a fart. Uh, Woody Allen movies in general are very boring, and I don't understand the appeal. It was, hey, you know what's great? New York people. And in addition to that, Hollywood people. Those are the only two things this movie cares about. Also, you know what? If you cheat on people, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, movie! (laughs) Which movie are you talking about? I don't even remember the name of it, but that was basically the thrust of the movie. Yeah. I've, I've only seen a couple of them, and the pro- they're boring. I, I don't get it. I don't get why everyone in Hollywood's like, ooh, a chance to be in a Woody. Like, I don't. It, they're so boring. It, maybe this makes us bad at movie reviews? No, it I, makes uh, me great at movie I, reviews. I mean, to be fair, I, What's Up, Tiger Lily is cool, and uh, the other one, I forget the other one from early on, is fine. Uh, what's the story, Morning Glory? What's the story, Morning Glory? Thank you. Yes, that's a fine <laughs> movie slash song. Yeah. Was that like an Oasis song? Yeah, that's we- an Oasis album. That's an Oasis album. Is it also yeah. a song on the album? I, I don't know. I didn't yeah. listen to that album. What I do I look like? Some kind of asshole? <laughs> what do I look like? A member of Oasis? <laughs> Some kind of asshole? Some kind of asshole who is also a member of Oasis? Two brothers who I assume are fighting naked right now? <laughs> Just jerking off right next to each other no i'm pretty sure there's fighting naked <laughs> just severe fighting. sincerely fighting naked in a hot tub yeah liam and noel gallagher at this moment if all is right with the world so yeah she has twins but there's no like ooh, one is evil it just sort of sh- shows you the sonogram i was really bummed by that that's what i was trying to get around to is that i was bummed that the sonogram showed the two twins but not one of them snapping to look at the camera and being like <laughs> yeah we don't get anything we're like the sonogram image is like ripples and we see like an evil Dracula face or anything. No, it's just, hey, you have twins and nothing is wrong with it. The end. I would have liked it way more if one of the twins had immediately like seen the camera and then whipped the, the umbilical cord over the other twin and be like, I was yes. actually honestly thinking about that. I was like, ooh, are we going to see one twin strangle out the other one? Is that what we're seeing? No, it's just the end of the movie and she yeah. has twins. The end. Credits. Great. Guys. Possession movies are... Not it, my jam. You you gave this movie one strike earlier for for uh, if I remember correctly, uh, not having rules or something. What were well, the other yeah. strikes? There was the big strikes for me mm-hmm. are one when you don't have rules. Yeah, like especially when you're dealing with spirits. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things where you basically need to have a rule because. If they can just do whatever, then who gives a shit? Yeah. It's it's the problem I have with a lot of ghost movies is it ends up just being, we want to have things jump out. Yeah. The, the ghost movies I like, and I only like a couple of them because I'm not- Patrick Swayze in Ghost. Patrick Swayze in Ghost. Uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost in and Casper. And Cosby in Ghost Dad. <laughs> yes, I'm a huge fan of Ghost Dad. So much a fan of Ghost Dad. <laughs> No, what I was going to say is the ghost movies I like are the ones that are like puzzle boxes where everything makes sense at the end. Yeah. My favorite haunted ghost movie is probably The Others. Yeah, when there's when there's a haunting or a spirit or a possession and the possessing has a purpose, mm-hmm. the ghost has something it wants to accomplish, mm-hmm. and there are some manner of rules to it, Yeah, that's when you can be like, oh... Now I understand what the stakes are yeah. and what the world is. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm going to revise that. I think that the best actual scary ghost movie is The Others, but the best ghost movie ever made uh, is about a ghost who wants to prove that he has the most. <laughs> uh, I, won't, I won't argue with you, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the best ghost movie is definitely Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Beetlejuice, the best ghost movie. Beetlejuice. Oh, that's three times. Hey! Hey!
<laughs> Beetlejuice, best ghost movie. Uh, I, yeah, it, it gets the strike for that. It really gets a strike for the whole, like, the only person who isn't white in this is the only font of supernatural knowledge, which, why? I know way more fucking well, to be hippie, fair, Wiccan, white people that would be like, oh, I've got 20 different ways to get rid of ghosts. And all of them are essential oils. <laughs> all of them require you to buy into my MLM. <laughs> if you want to get rid of ghosts, you need to buy Amway. <laughs> Do you want to get rid of ghosts? Well, I certainly have 12 candles I can sell you for that. Oh, a ghost, you say? I have a soylent flavor perfect for this situation. <laughs> or to kill you, I don't know. Uh, or both, whatever. <laughs> oh, have you ever read reviews of soylent products on Amazon? It is so good. They're like, I opened this and there were bugs in there and some kind of fluorescent green ooze substance, but I figured my body can process anything natural, so I ate it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But yeah, there are two non-white characters. There are two black people in this movie. One of them is an exorcist. The other one has a special grandma who knows who knew haunted tricks. And both of them die. Uh, does does Idris Idris dies and Idris Elba? I don't know if he dies or not. I assume I mean, he does. We don't find out if he stays alive, but I'm pretty sure the boyfriend ends up killing him. Yeah, we watch him go bananas, bonkers, McNuts, but I don't remember seeing him actually get murderified. He certainly isn't at the end of the movie, so no, he probably dies. Yeah, great. That's that's it. It also fucking. I just. <sighs> I'm very angry at this movie for taking what could have been something and just, it feels very scattershot because you're like, oh, we couldn't just make it be the ghost of your twin. Mm -hmm. Like, that's one plot line we could have had. Instead, it had to be a Dybbuk. And instead of just going, oh, it's a, a Dybbuk plot line, we had to throw in this entire thing about twins? And not just that, but also a boy who died in Auschwitz has to be like a monster who's here. Like, it's just... He keeps showing up. There's a little too much there's, shit that they threw at the wall to try and see what sticks. There's too many things. It's like, we got we got twins, we got Dybbuks, we got Magneto, there are too many things going on. Uh, my brother got possessed by a Dybbuk and then bent metal in Auschwitz. <laughs> now he hates a guy in a wheelchair. It's very confusing. Anyway, <laughs> did you know that he should probably be about 70 years old in the uh, the latest X-Men movie? Michael Fassbender isn't, though. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> I kind of hoped that, my, that uh, uh, Fox's X-Men license wouldn't get bought out, and they just keep advancing those movies 10 years and putting them out every year and a half. So it's just like, yeah, Michael Fassbender, like, it's 2040, and he's still 35. Yeah, oh, Fassbender's here. His character is supposed to be 80, and yet here he is at 37. And here's a 22-year-old, 64-year-old mystique. Well, that's fine, because at least you go, oh, she just looks however she wants to look. Who cares? Yeah, but she always just wants to look like Jennifer Lawrence. Like, have you seen the last movies or two, uh, movie or two where she, they don't even put her in the blue makeup anymore? Because Oh, they, no, because Jennifer Lawrence is like, I've got enough star power. Fuck you. You're not doing anything to me. Yeah, no, I'm the star of this because I'm a martial artist. That's that's my X-Man power, whatever. Yeah. Ugh, fuck. Anyway. Any housels? We have finished our review of The Unborn, and now we're going to give you our best and worst. Mm -hmm. So, Jeff, in The Unborn, what was the best moment in the movie? Something that you went, oh, well, that's good. So you're asking for the best, the best, the best, the best, the best of me? Yes. Okay. Uh, the yes. Fa 
Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, my favorite thing in this movie. Ah, this movie was so much boring for so long. There was really nothing interesting that happened at any point. Uh, I, I, I guess maybe the special effects of the upside down pit bull head. <laughs> that was sort Great. of an, that was sort of. It doesn't do anything. It shows up and growls, and then it gets banished. Yeah, but true. It looked cool and scary. All right. Because the other guy who gets his head turned upside down and clatters around the house looked stupid, like ridiculously stupid. Oh, yeah, the catatonic guy was just like, oh, that's that's just bad. It literally looked like they cut his head out and just rotated it on a brad. Oh, like it, it was, it was like, 100% just we went into Photoshop yeah. and grabbed a corner and went, Whoop. It looked like a pop-up book special effect. Ah, that <laughs> was not good. But the upside-down-headed pit bull was kind of cool and scary, and that might have been the only moment in the movie that was. Okay. Because otherwise, every other jump scare in this thing was like, this guy's mouth gets too long. Oh, no. <laughs> what about Thanks, you, John? Don Pardo. <laughs> this guy's mouth is too long. With musical guest Flea. <laughs> I don't know, John. What was your favorite thing? Uh, Probably the best part of this... I want to say Idris Elba when he gets possessed for like a minute. Yeah, he definitely looks scary. Oh, he's like an actually good actor. So when they went, hey, we want you to be as frightening as you can be. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is legitimately terrifying like during gets, his rage zombie phase. Oh, yeah. He gets real fucking crazy eyed and just like rage monster. And he does a great job of selling that. He does. Yes. All right. Worst part of the movie. Just give me. One thing, just one part of this movie, one scene, one, one character, single bit, one ounce. I'm of gonna movie. say that disappointing ending where, uh, oh, just the twins, the twins show up and nothing happens, and you're still supposed to be scared because twins. Yeah, that's that's super disappointing. I was like, ah, if you're gonna show us the twins on the sonogram, I'm sorry, the belly rub, then then please let's let's see one kill another one and let's see one of them go. Ah! At the, t- at the camera or something. Anything. Anything. Any payoff. In- any payoff whatsoever instead of none, which is what we got instead. And, John, your least favorite? Uh, I mean, the largest part of me wants to say the most disappointing thing is the Dybbuk in that it wasn't actually a Dybbuk. It was just some random demon. Yeah, it only had two arms. Come on, get your shit together. Come Haven't on. you read the Riff's conversion book? Uh, But I want to say, honestly... The most disappointing thing to me, because I noted it when it happened, and I said it earlier, when she puts the mirror in the closet, and nothing comes of it. Oh, I know. I was like, you didn't actually solve the problem. You just moved the problem to your closet. Yeah, there's going to be a point where either you open the closet and the thing comes out of it, or you have to use the mirror in there, or something happens, something opens the closet door, nothing. No, it's just that's the last shot of that mirror. That There's a the- brief point where when she's breaking all the mirrors in the house, she breaks the one in the closet, too. Yeah, that was and I'm a- like, oh, good, thanks. That was a disappointment. I like the idea of, of her being sensible for a second about the haunting and being like, oh, fuck- I need to get rid of this mirror because mirrors are a gateway. Fuck this noisy mirror. I'm going to hide it in my closet. <laughs> fuck this noisy mirror. <laughs> Who among us has not occasionally in their life been like, fuck this noisy mirror? Oh, my God. That's... The name of my next album, by the way. Fuck this noisy mirror. Oasis. Fuck this noisy mirror. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we are going to rate the movie. We give it a rating zero to five. That's going to give us a total rating out of ten. Jeff. I'm going to give this a point five with the hope that you also do so it can get a nice one out of ten. This was a waste of my time. Nothing interesting happened. The whole thing was shot in that 
silvered over blue silver thing where nothing has any color to it. Oh, uh, yeah. Though I mean, this was the period of time where they're like, what do we do? I don't know. Put like a blue or a silver light over everything. That's creepy, That'll right? That'll stop Steven Seagal from looking fat in this straight-to-DVD shit fest. <laughs> uh, so, okay. so, yeah, a point five for me. I hated this. I was so bored. I'm going to give it a 1.5. It was... <sighs> I don't think it was even competent. It was... It was disappointing and bad for the reasons I mentioned, but it wa- I don't feel it was incompetent to a level that I would take it below a one. Mm. Like You're not talking me up. I hated this. Oh, I know. Yeah. And the thing is, I like horror movies way more than you do, and I think the extra point is basically because I like the genre. Oh, fair enough. And I'm like, no, you. this is a movie that could have been salvaged. It's not like everything in this was like offensively bad to mm-hmm. me it just really fucked up in a lot of areas so i'm gonna give it a 1.5 to give it a 2 out of 10 total okay fair enough a 2 out of 10 a 1 out of 5 if you'll feel like rounding down and to the this lowest continues the streak of every october <laughs> i watch several movies that are good horror films and the second i sit down with jeff to watch something we put on the dumbest bullshit imaginable and he's like Oh, horror movies are garbage. I'm like, why am I not just watching the other things that I watch with you? I, I, you would have loved Chopping Mall. I know I would have loved Chopping Mall. I'm all set to watch Chopping Mall. I would have had a great time watching that, but we watched a stinker. And you know what? It's fine. I don't really think it, it colors my view. I think it's because movies. we keep watching 2000s horror films, mm-hmm. which end up being just sort of shitty in a very distinct way. Well, you know, that one that we watched about like time travel ghosts in, in, uh, in, like, oh, yeah, that Argentina, was the that Argentinian was... ghost film about time travel was great. Really good. And Franken-Queen. I'm a huge fan of Frank- <laughs> uh, Franken-Queen. Franken-Queen, our only other movie to get a zero out of ten besides... I forget what else we gave a zero to. But. Uh, maybe the, the, the day the... Well, not the day there stood still, but that uh, day after tomorrow. I think we gave a zero to it because it was like, this isn't a movie. This is no, just... No, no. There's... I think there's only one other thing. I feel like it was recent. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, it was probably racist. Yeah, you're right. You're, but yeah, okay. So, so anyway, a two out of ten for this thing. I will try to watch a better horror movie with you for the show at some point. Yeah, I would I'll love. Come, I'll come by at some point when I got to watch a movie for Horrortoberfest, which if you go to systemmasterypodcast.com or you are uh, following us on Twitter or Facebook, I'll post the link to it every day. I'm doing one horror movie a day the entire month of October. They're all blogs except for the ones that have me in them. So don't don't get excited about them being podcasts. They're not. Yeah. So you'll just get basically a one-page review. You can watch along with me. Most of them are going to be available through either Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime. Basically, any of the streaming things, mm-hmm. you should be able to find it. There might be a couple that you can't, but I think for the most part, I'll try and stick to ones that people can watch along with. Uh, so you can find them if you follow us on those. You can find the link or just there is a Horrortoberfest tab on our main page on SystemMasteryPodcast.com. And you can click through there to find this year's and every other year's version of this. He's been doing this a long time. We took last year off because we were in Chicago, but this has been going on for a very long time. Oh, yeah. At this point, I have watched, like, probably about 120 shitty horror movies just from this. Yep. Not the ones that I've watched 
outside of this. Yeah, and I've watched like six yeah. of the worst possible horror movies. You certainly have. <laughs> also, I tried to do this one here for Christmas, and I made it about four days before I was like, fuck Christmas movies. <laughs> I know. When you told me, you're like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing you do for Horrortoberfest, but for Christmas movies, I was like, no, you're not. I like horror movies, and I barely get through this. Fuck Christmas movies. You hate Christmas movies. There's no way you're doing this. I made it about four days. I watched White Christmas, Jingle All the Way, uh, and two others. I think one of them had Jonathan Taylor Thomas in it. Yeah, I'll be home for Christmas. Oh, God damn it. Ugh. I hate Christmas movies so much. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you like what we do and you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash system mastery, support us at any level, and you will make sure that we are absolutely fucking blasted on alcohol every time we do a review we're gonna get blasted on grain alcohol for you the listener for you the we'll listener. Call it riot juice yeah it basically we want to set up a thing like kofi where you can buy us coffee but it's just called like shots and you can buy a shots it's called shotsy oh shotsy <laughs> which was my grandparents name for their volkswagen beetle when i was a kid oh the shotsy yeah they had a little they had a little yellow volkswagen beetle like an original one and they named it shotsy i remember riding around in it specifically because it's uh rear seat uh seat belts were a real pain in the ass to figure out yeah and it had a spring that always poked the balls yeah it poked me right my little little kid balls i was like yeah it was a piece of shit car because i was like nine <laughs> it was a piece of shit car was that supposed to be a Volkswagen Beetle in the Adam Sandler song? Uh, piece no, of it's shit car? just a random car. Oh, okay. Because their car was cherried out. It was a perfect Volkswagen Beetle. That uh, it's just that stock Volkswagen Beetle uh, seatbelts are a pain in the ass. It just turns out stock Volkswagen Beetles are garbage. <laughs> That's also true. Uh, anyway, support us on Patreon. That lets us keep making all of these wonderful shows that we do. And as I mentioned, follow us wherever. Great products can be found. <laughs> we are available at Cost Plus slash World Market. <laughs> if you want to suggest a movie either for Horrortoberfest or just in general for our movie mastery, you can go to our uh, Reddit, Reddit uh, r slash system, system mastery. mastery. The big list is there, or you can send it to us on you know Twitter or uh discord yeah Discord's which you can find choice. our link to on twitter fucking i'm rambling because i'm drunk and i love you so much man i just i fucking love you so much i assume you're talking to the listeners right now. yeah obviously yeah. you're a piece of shit you want to fight <laughs> hey you let's I'm fight every type of drunk that's fighting words i'm so sad <laughs> thank you so much for listening we'll be back with more nonsense but until then, you have a good one.